A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Be sure to give us a 5-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. What is up, my friends? How are we? Apologies, uh, a couple of minutes late. It's been a mental day in the Holden household, but I hope that you're all well. Uh, I hope the sun's shining wherever you are, and I hope that you're in good form. It's uh, it's a relatively quiet one, my friends. I won't lie to you. There's not a whole lot doing the rounds today with substance. That's why I didn't make a YouTube video, because I didn't really feel that there was the need. So I said, let's just come on, have a chat. Uh, Craig, did you see the Simicus clip as Craig spits all over his own screen? Did you see the Simicus clip? I did, and you're right. Shirt up over the face, was crying, certainly looked like he was leaving. That's that's certainly the impression I got, mate, when I watched it, though. So it's strange, isn't it? Because there's not been any talk, really, about Costa Simicus moving on. First of all, though, and I can't be the only one, did anybody else think to themselves, with the new sporting director coming to the club, and it being put out today that he was here to help work on the German market, I can't be the only one whose mind instantly went in one direction, right? Surely? So if you've seen it, and you've seen the post I'm on about, that the new sporting director that we've been speaking about for the last couple of weeks is going to come in. There's talk sometimes it'll be a short-term deal with an option of a longer-term deal, but it, yes, Jude, Mickey, that's... I can't be the only one, right? Who thought, oh, so this dude's coming in to help us and he's going to focus on the German market. Who do we know that's in the German league that, oh, I don't know, we may have been linked to? Now, look, it is just all of us getting ahead of ourselves. You know what I mean? I'm not here to be the bearer of great news or anything, but yeah, that's where my head went. I can't lie. As soon as I read, I was like, oh, hello. Waiting for Chazza to pop in now. I mean, hang on. Maybe if we say Bellingham three times, Chazza will pop in. Bellingham? 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 Now, let's see how long before. I'm, I'm assuming he's like Beetlejuice. Right, let's go. Um, Gravenberch said, yeah, look, Gravenberch is uh, in the German market. Kimmich's in the German market. Bellingham's in the German market. The goalkeeper that we've been linked to, German market. Do you believe the Kimmich links? I'd love to, but I can't see it happening. So I don't really remember reading, Jack, too much about Liverpool being linked to Joshua Kimmich, but 
I certainly remember Manchester City offering up Cancelo or being willing to offer up Cancelo for Joshua Kimmich. So, uh, no, why would we take Royce on a free? He is more injury prone than Naby Keita. You know, he's a great player, Marco Royce. Absolute great player, but no way we sign another injury-prone player. That would just be stupidity of the highest order. Craig makes my day every day, but dude, you guys make my day. So look, let's talk Sobitzlai, because I know people... It's weird. Half of us love the chit-chat, right? But other people like to just come in and get the information. So I'm trying to get a good balance here. So let's talk Dominic Sobitzlai. And the only reason I know how to pronounce that dude's name is... And this is a true story. Myself, Sabrina, and Connor were sitting here one day in my sitting room... And we were linked with this guy a while back and um, I couldn't pronounce his name. And so we had to put it into Google speech or Google talk. And it was like, Sobutzlai, Sobutzlai. So never going to forget his name after that one. So yes, Liverpool are reportedly uh, interested in signing attacking midfielder from RB Leipzig, Dominic Sobutzlai. So one to keep an eye on. The piece goes on to suggest that Arsenal and Newcastle are also interested in the player. Um, and he, he is a decent player. He is. Now, I'm not going to, again, sit here and tell Porkies and say that I've been watching Dominic Sobitzlai week in, week out in the Bundesliga for RB Leipzig. I haven't. But um, I'll tell you what I do see. I do see his name popping up with goals and assists quite a bit when I'm researching bets and stuff. So, um, one to keep an eye on, maybe. But, again, another player in the German market, right? And we talked about Schmadke coming in as the new sporting director um, with a view to the German market, which would, of course, probably be the area he's most um, proficient in, you know, most knowledgeable in, I'm sure, as well. I would take him over Mount all day, said Tom Judge. Well, do you know what, Tom? That's, that's an interesting one, dude. Um, I don't know. See, I'm so weird about the, the whole Mason Mount link. Like, one minute, one day, one part of the day, I'll go, not feeling it. Then another minute, I'll go, well, do you know what? There could be something to this Mason Mount. I feel like Mason Mount won't be one or the other. I feel like he'll either be absolutely a masterstroke, genius, unplayable, or he'll be injured and terrible. He's an attacking mid, but I love him. He's a cracking free kick on him too, said Mace Customs. It's uh, it's nuts. Does Sobitzlai have good potential? Yes. I don't, what age is he, actually? The, the article that I'm reading doesn't say what age Dominic Sobitzlai is. I would imagine he's probably, what, mid-20s? 22? Oh, I thought he was a couple of years older than that one. Oh, well then, Jesus, yes. Yes. Um. Wow. Yeah, the, I mean, 22, he definitely has potential to improve and he's already a pretty good player. Wow, he's Hungarian, right? He's. A, I'm fairly sure he's a Hungarian international as well. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense to me. Um. Wow, that's... That, do you know what? I thought he might have been 24, 25 there. So, a couple of extra years... Why not? Why not? Do you know what I will say? You know, most of the players we've been linked with, I'd be all right with. You know, I'd, I would. I'd be all right with a lot of the players we've been linked with. Uh, would you get rid of Fabinho in order to get Kimmich? All right, I'm going to ask a simple question now. What age is Joshua Kimmich? Because Joshua Kimmich, the footballer, top notch, no doubt about it. You know, it's going, he's 28. He's 28. No, then. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um... Yeah, look, if we're bringing in somebody, I'd like him to be at 26 at the oldest to bring in somebody into that into that role. Uh, the kid that was uh, Fulham, what age is he again? I think he's about 26, 27, right? Um, the guy that plays in midfield for Fulham, I think he's 26, if my memory is correct, maybe 27. Polina, yes, that's the one. I think he's 26 or 27. 
Uh, is Sobotsly has good potential. The only thing is Mount has him in Premier League experience. Yes, he does. And again, for me, GDEM on this one, buddy, price would come into it, definitely. You know, I'd want to know how much both are going to cost. Um, is that weird, by the way? Does anybody else think this way? Or should we not give a shit what a player costs? Because we're not paying for them. I often... Excuse me. I'm a hypocrite on these things. Because in one minute, I'll say to you, I want Liverpool to go out there and sign the best players. And then another minute, I'll go, but I think I've overpaid for this one, or I think we might overpay for that one. So for me, I think a balance. Like when we signed Virgil van Dijk, honestly, I didn't give a shit how much he was going to cost because I knew what we were getting. I knew once we got Virgil van Dijk, our defence was going to be in far better shape. So I won't lie, I didn't care. I didn't care how much we paid for him. Only Liverpool fans care what a player costs because their owners are cheapskates. I think all clubs fans probably care to some extent what their players cost, but more so if you feel like you're getting fleeced. I think that's the way. If you feel like you're overpaying, yeah, you get annoyed about it. Dominic Sobotschlai's current transfer value is between 44 million euro and 73 million euro. I guess that's from transfer uh, marked or something like that, is it? 22% of you guys would like Mason Mount and an incredible 78% said that they would prefer Dominic Sobotschlai. I won't lie, guys. That surprised me. I, I didn't think you guys were um were going to be that that far for Dominic Sobotsly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, right. Evening, Craig, said Mace. Don't know if it's already been posted, but surprise, surprise, the PGMOL are set to back officials. Yes, somebody else mentioned that a while ago, and I said I'd come back to it. I don't know how you can defend them. That's all I'm going to say. The, the part that I can't get past is that if we're to believe that it's a subjective decision of whether Ming's inadvertently or purposely touch that football to play it back towards Virgil van Dijk. I, as a rational-minded human being, can't see how it wasn't intentional. He raised his foot to the ball and he was running back towards his goal. I, I don't see how the PGMOL can argue that. But even if we part that one up, we've still got the incident with Tyrone Mings and the foot into uh, Cody Gakpo's chest. You've all seen the marks. Probably a clear red card. And then we've got Jordan Henderson's penalty incident, which wasn't even really looked at properly. It felt like to get one decision go against you in a game, a close one, you know, you can understand that. You know, they go your way sometimes, they don't other times. To get two decisions like that not go your way, you start to get a little bit suspect, right? To get three decisions in one game that close not go your way, you start to get angry. And that's where I'm at. So for the PGMOL to once again come out and just stick two fingers up to Liverpool's questioning of those decisions. And look, you can dress it up and say that they gave a nice worded response. Either way, it's basically a fuck you to Liverpool. But the biggest thing that I would say, my friends, is in what world would it make sense to put that referee in charge of this game? Take everything else out of it. Take all the decisions that he actually went with in the game out of it. And remember that he's the one that Klopp got up in his face and now he's got a perfect opportunity, whether we believe he intentionally did any of this or not, you've given him an opportunity to get a bit of retribution by putting him in charge of a game that, after Newcastle's draw last night, could have been a decision maker for our place in the Champions League. Now again, we don't deserve it. This has nothing to do with Newcastle. I congratulate them and wish them all the best. But you know what I mean? Why do it? Why do it? Why put that referee in charge of that game? It, it, you know, you're just giving yourself a potential headache. 
happened all season. Uh, well, Klopp said something like 20%, I think, of Paul Tierney's games that he refereed this season were Liverpool games. Uh, hey, Craig, who do you think's the worst referee, Paul Tierney or Anthony Taylor? Oh, 100% Paul Tierney. 100%. I, I think Anthony Taylor is, is an okay official. Um, for us, you know, I know other fans hate him, and I get it. We all have our own refs, but now I'm not. I'm not saying it isn't weird when you put referees from Greater Manchester in charge of games in their kind of area. But I think he's a better referee, Anthony Taylor. And look again, somebody who I know who has trained with Anthony Taylor um, in the refereeing world said that he's extremely professional. He's extremely fit, and he takes his job extremely seriously. So that's one thing I will say for Anthony Taylor. The little reports I've had about people who've been um, in a working environment with him speak highly of him. See, Saka signed a new deal, 300 grand a week. <laughs> in the past 24 hours, we've heard Arsenal are going to be given 200 million quid to spend in the transfer market because they got into the Champions League. We've now seen Saka get a deal that's rumoured to be 300 grand a week. How come their owners aren't crying about wages? I thought... Once you had anybody over 200 grand a week, the owners default to whinging about wages. Now, I think that's too much money to give mate or to give um, Saka. Rate the kid highly, very highly. Great footballer, huge ceiling. But to give him 300 grand a week now, at this stake of his career, I think Arsenal are making a rod for their own back for the future, personally. I think it's too much money. Same way for Jude Bellingham. 380 grand a week for Jude Bellingham is too much money. Because where do you go from there? You know, you, you never see players' contracts come down. Usually, when they renew, you're going up and up. And Saka's what? 21? 22? So when he hits 23, let's say, and he's negotiating his next extension, it's only going to go one way. About 400 grand. 24, 25, you're on half a million quid a week. It is crazy. Now look, it, it's difficult because... The player, no question. Very good player. Arsenal have themselves a gem. No problem there. Not trying to play down the man's talent. But at this age, to get that much money? I don't know. Uh, imagine when they do go to extend Saka in a few years' time. It's nuts. Same with Bellingham. Like, if Bellingham signs for Real Madrid, on the rumour, 380 grand a week, what, what happens him in, let's go, skip two negotiations forward? You know, you're talking 600 grand a week? How much longer do you reckon until McAllister is officially announced? End of season. Yeah, I think out of respect for Brighton and, and you know, their own season and their situation, I think we'll we'll let the season finish up. Sure, it's not too long away now. It's only Sunday. So, season will be over on Sunday. Genuinely, I'd expect announcements before he goes off in his international break. So, if my memory is correct, I think he's due to head off about the 10th, something like that, to international duty with Argentina. So, I would expect... I'd expect it within two weeks. Right, so look, there's another link today coming out of Germany that says Liverpool linked with Wolfsburg defender. Liverpool could make a summer move for Wolfsburg defender Mickey van, den Ven, Mickey van de Ven, according to a new report. Uh, the claim is that our soon-to-be sporting director, George Schmadke, could look to lure the defender from his former club to Anfield this summer as he prepares to help Jurgen Klopp revamp his Liverpool side. Um, 22-year-old centre-back is one of the division's most sought-after defenders and sources close to the player have indicated that Liverpool are one of the clubs who have been tracking him. I have never heard of this man before. Excuse my ignorance. 
I'm sure he's a fine football player. But his name is Mickey, M-I-C-K-Y, Van, V-A-N, De, D-E, and last part, Ven, V-E-N. So, I don't know. Any Bundesliga fans who can help us out on this one? Uh, Mickey Van De Ven. Uh, Van De Ven is my name as well, so that's why I follow him. He's good, strong, and really fast. That's class. Van de Ven. How so? Van. Oh my god, I'm gonna have problems here, my man. I'm gonna have problems trying to pronounce this dude's surname if we signed him. But you know what I mean. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. It's, it's right in itself. It's right in itself already. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind, hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Thoughts on Jude having second thoughts on Madrid after all the problems with racism coming out. Um, I I don't think. I look. There's a problem. The problem is is absolutely there, Ash. You know, um, and it's not for me to talk ill of other countries or other leagues. You know, we've got our own shit to look after in the Premier League as well. But um, Vinicius Junior needs to be supported, as do any players who are suffering racist vitriol and disgusting treatment. You know, I'm behind anybody who needs to who needs to get this shit sorted out and. Um, I'm not steeped in Spanish culture. I don't know if it's a societal problem, if it's a league problem, if it's an educational problem. I, I don't know. It's not for me to say. But what I can say is Vinicius Jr. deserves and needs all the support we as the football world can give him, as does any other player who was in this situation, regardless of what league they're in. A man or a woman in this day and age, kicking a football around a football pitch, should be judged on two things, in my opinion. Three, their haircut. Fair enough, do you know what I mean? We're all here to talk about people's hair. The quality of their football and if they have really weird colour boots. They're the three things I deem acceptable to judge about a football player. When you start talking about people's skin colour, you've lost us. You know what I mean? You've lost us all because it's not relevant. It's in no way relevant. What has it got to do with the conversation? We all don't like certain players. I don't like Bruno Fernandes. But I certainly wouldn't be throwing any racist tropes at him or anything like that you know i just tell him he's shit he's not but i tell him that you know what i mean um and it, it honestly it hurts me it hurts me as somebody who again i gotta be honest i've never really been around racism i don't you know i don't know anybody who's racist openly i, I wouldn't keep that company but i also can't conceive of a situation where you know, you're you're judging somebody based on the colour of their skin. It, it seems alien to me as a concept. I believe people can say something in the heat of a moment once and make a mistake. But this isn't that. This isn't that. This is systematic, it looks like. And, you know, Vinicius Jr. is an incredible footballer, as we only know too well, unfortunately, after what he did to us at Anfield. And... um. I hope he gets the support he needs. I'm sure he'll get it from his from his colleagues at Real Madrid. I hope he gets it from La Liga. I hope he gets it from the Spanish FA. And I certainly hope he gets it from the wider footballing world because, you know, we don't need it in the game. We don't want it in society. None of us do. Regardless of what colour we are, where we're from, who we love. You know, I go on about the same stuff over and over again, but I just can't fathom it. I can't fathom it. I can't fathom being at a game sitting there or talking to somebody and then hearing somebody scream racial abuse at a player. So I, I'm from Ireland, as you guys know. And one of the things that I would always say about Irish people 
And I think it could do because of the size of our country and we're always only one or two degrees of separation away from somebody you know. So in Ireland, when we travel, when we go away as a group, when we go away with our mates or whatever, we tend to self-police. And we guilt trip the, you know, if your mother finds out, you're letting your family down, you're letting the parish down, you're letting the town down. You know what I mean? We, we self-police. Um, and I, I can't speak for other countries and other fan bases, of course, because I've no right to. But for us, if that was going on in the stands in Ireland, we'd self-police. We'd have no issues going, that prick over there is the one who's been a racist piece of shit. Get him out. And I would like to think it should be the same elsewhere or everywhere. You know, you're not a rat. The one who's a rat in this situation is the one labelling racist abuse towards a footballer. So, you know, I'm all for not dobbing people in, but I'm also all for not having racists in my society. So, yeah, it's disgusting. And it's not the first or second time that Vinicius Jr. has suffered it. Do you know what I don't like? What I didn't like to see was Valencia putting out the statement that said, we don't condone this behaviour this isn't the values of Valencia, yada, yada, yada. Which I'm sure is true, but it also doesn't fucking help. It doesn't do that. It's just a PR move. Like, it doesn't change that and it doesn't help. I'd like to see we're going to find the piece of shit that was racist and we're going to report him to the police and he'll never set foot in the stadium again and we won't rest until we remove any forms of racism from the league, from our stadium from Spain, from society, whatever. Something like that is what you want to hear. Not like the usual fucking platitudes. And It's basically the racist version of thoughts and prayers for a mass shooting. You know what I mean? We all see mass shootings in America or they've happened in Australia. They've happened all over the world. And we all see the thoughts and prayers, but thoughts and prayers aren't worth a shit. Thoughts and prayers aren't worth fuck. I'm sure maybe in some small way, they help the families of those who have been massacred. But it doesn't change anything. Change is what's needed. Thoughts and prayers was over a long time ago. It's time to act now. It's time to get tough. I mean, maybe maybe some of my American friends can help me out on this one. And again, I don't mean to talk about America this way. I'm not trying to run down America. But I'm sure, Liz, you as a good American citizen, a pain in your arse hearing thoughts and prayers you know i know what type of human being you are liz you're a very um loving open caring sensitive human being um i'm sure you're sick of thoughts and prayers um and i'm sure people who are being racially abused at football games are sick of these pr statements that mean nothing i mean i would say you get to a point where I don't think that suggestion of walking off the pitch is going to work and giving someone a 3-0 victory. I would like to see if the referee hears racist abuse, take the players off the pitch and clear the fucking stand. Clear the stadium, clear the stand, clear the section where it was coming from, fuck them all out and um, continue on with the game then. And if it continues again, then the FA, ban them for five home games. And then the clubs will start to listen. Because then they're losing five home games worth of revenue. Then they're losing five home games worth of merchandise sales, uh, drink sales, food sales. The only way clubs seem to listen is when you hit them in their pocket. So that's what I would suggest. Start coming down on the clubs. Might sound harsh. You might say to me, but Craig, it's not the clubs who are being racist. Fair enough. But it's the clubs who have the opportunity to be proactive in how they deal with it. 
Liz said they can shove their thoughts and prayers up their asses, make not the players or the club's fault necessarily. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, make some responsible laws. Sorry, I dipped into the comment below. Um, I don't know. UEFA and FIFA are just... Are they fit for their purpose? I would suggest no. Uh, Craig, does Jude want 380 grand a week? Is that true? So I can't tell you what Jude asked for at Liverpool. I can't tell you what the conversation between Jude's agents uh, and Liverpool Football Club would have been vis-a-vis his wages. But what I can say to you is I've read a few reports that suggest that the money he's going to earn if he signs on at Real Madrid will be £380,000 a week. That's all I can say to you. Do you think there's still something to him shouting something about staying to the Dortmund fans? Well, we we all read his lips, right? Um, Something like, fuck to talk, I'm staying, something like that. We know Dortmund are willing to offer him a contract. Certainly we know that much. That would, I believe, see him earn over 200 grand a week at Borussia Dortmund. I, I, I don't know what they mean. I'm in, I'm in like purgatory does everyone understand what i mean when i say i'm in purgatory uh i'm kind of in no man's land at the minute i only know what i've known from before i don't know anything that's going on at the minute because as i said when when liverpool said they walked away i took them at face value and stopped paying attention so somebody asked me yesterday about my perfect liverpool 11 for next season based off what we could do in the transfer market one of the debates that we had was I said that I want Fabinho in the in the six and people were talking about Stefan by Chechich. So I thought that might be a nice jumping off point for us to have a debate. What do we expect from Stefan by Chechich next season? Because I don't want us as a fan base to set him too high of a threshold that we have expectations of. He had a bur- breakthrough season this season. He's very young. And I think he needs to be managed and protected and carefully go through the levels. So I'm nowhere near expecting him to start next season in the six. I feel like it's too much to ask of him for him to be the DM. That's where I am with it. I think it's unfair to the kid that we we we, we put that pressure on him. You know, and look, if there is any benefit to being in the Europa, and there ain't many. Um, this could be the season that gives us that opportunity to really give Elliot more minutes, Jones more minutes, Bajcetic more minutes, Kelleher more minutes, Calvin Ramsey more minutes, Ben Doak more minutes, Cade Gordon more minutes, even Darwin to some extent. This could be the making of Darwin. You know, maybe he goes into the Europa League group stages, goes on a run, bangs in a few goals, picks up some confidence. What's the, sorry, where's this one? He could be a breakout star in a bigger sense, but we should manage him minutes wise uh, and also look we don't want the kid overplayed either you know because we have conversations about young lads who get burned out at 26 27 years of age because they played too much when they were younger look at michael Owen, look at wayne rooney you know they probably had too much too soon and then burnt out uh, you're 100 right the young lad has to be carefully introduced and look no better man than jürgen klopp to do it you know i think klopp will be very careful about how he manages the situation now look what i'd say about stefan by is he seems to come from a very good family a family that understand this is a process a family that have tested him at times through his life i read a story about his father you know just dropping him off at Celta Vigo and not going in to interfere or to stand on the sidelines to just let the club do their job and now of course he's moved over to england and he's playing with liverpool in the premier league so this is all the start of this young man's journey and 
I think we as fans have to understand, like, give the kid time. He will have a phase where he won't be as good as he was. It happens with all younger players. They burst onto the scene and then they have ups and downs. And that's where somebody like Jurgen Klopp is so pivotal to make sure that this is managed and when he needs to be. Sir Alex Ferguson was brilliant at it as well. You pull the player out from the limelight. Um, I suppose Pep did it to an extent with Phil Foden, if you want to give credit there. But Cetic has a far higher ceiling than Elliot or Carvalho, in my opinion. He should be getting more game time than the likes of them. Uh, it's hard to compare because, you know, you're talking about somebody who's probably more of a, let's call him a six and a half. And then with the other lads, you're talking about lads who are probably an eight and a half, as in more attack minded. But as we've seen, Stefanos had to put the ball in the net as well. Don't know what to do with Elliot. Oh, it's it's one that's been burning a hole in my head, mate. Because there's nothing worse than having a player at a club that you know you know has quality, but you don't know where to put him in your team. And that is definitely a situation I feel with Elliot at the minute. And I I thought it previously with Jones, but Jones has gone on a really good spell, and um, shown where he can play. I'm a bit confused with Elliot because. I never expected Klopp to look at him in the right side of a midfield three. I thought he was going to be the long-term successor, the long-term challenger to to Mohamed Salah on the right. But we've also got Ben Doak now, who looks like he could be that player. My main concern is Carvalho, or should I say Bruno Mars, because my mate calls him that. I wonder why he never plays. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It is a really strange one, this, Josh, because, you know, Kloppo was the one who signed them. I, I'm as confused as you. I, I can only assume that there's something that Klopp isn't seeing on the training ground that worries him. Ben Doak is fearless and not afraid to take men on. Absolutely rapid as well. I can't wait to see him. I'm very excited to see his progression, really. And the more I spoke to Celtic fans about him, you know, they thought he was the real deal as well. Uh, Craig, thoughts on Gomez? I don't think he's good enough. Maybe just right back cover, said Taran Thiago. So I've no issues with Gomez staying at the club as the fourth choice centre-back slash right back cover. I've no issues with that whatsoever. I just don't want to be in a position where we're relying on his fitness because I don't know if we can. So if we brought in a third centre-back and he was even challenging for that third spot, and he can play it right back. I'm okay with that. Now I know what I was going to say a minute ago. What I was going to ask you guys. I said I had something I'd forgotten. Um, so now that we're in the Europa League. Is there anything to be said. For bringing Sepp Vandenberg back. And playing him in the Europa League. See how he gets on. I wouldn't have 
maybe ask this with the Champions League, but is there anything to be said for it with the Europa League? Maybe bring him back in. Uh, I've liked Gomez when he's come on at right back for Trent, said TTV Dylan. Sure, why not? Said David New, or said Matthew. David said might as well. Will Schalke stay up? No idea. Um, honestly, I haven't got a clue. Corin said no. Why no? He's he's doing quite well. Um, I'd like to see him in the Europa League game, said ASAP Hacks. I'd play the B team. So with the Europa League, I think we have to be a bit careful because we don't want that playoff that United ended up in. So you want to win your group. So you want to win all your home games and maybe pinching away one or so. So I think we need to um, we need to be somewhat careful. Uh, doesn't he want to stay alone for another year? Yes. There was certainly comments attributed to Seth Vandenberg that I'd read that said that uh, he'd certainly have no objections to playing at, or staying at Schalke for another season. I thought Muzielowski would one time be the breakthrough star. What's happened with him? He's had a horrendous run of injuries, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head at this moment where he's at with regards to his fitness or for preseason. But he's had a really bad run. You know, I think we we seem to be somewhat jinxed. Do you remember uh, the kid that was the kid that was playing with Bobby Duncan up top, who had a horrendous run of injuries as well? Paul Glatzel. Yeah, he had a horrendous run of injuries that just stopped his progression and he was banging goals in apparently he's not grown properly huh hopefully the sports science medical team can help work that one out yeah it was paul glatt so that was the one yeah uh have we anyone coming up to the youth that's any good yes as was pointed out earlier on trent con doherty um a couple of good, decent-looking centre-backs as well coming through. Look, I'm not going to say... I don't have LFC TV anymore because it's not on the sky glass, so I can't even watch the games. I haven't heard much from Max Waltman in a while. This is where Jack Gill used to be a godsend. Jack Gill used to be, be great for um, keeping me up to date with all the, the academy prospects. Uh, Craig, my friend's a West Ham fan, and he said we won't pass the Europa quarters next season. What would you say to him? Put your money where your mouth is. That's what I'd say to him. Yeah, I've got 50 quid that says he's wrong. Is Jack coming back on the channel? Uh, maybe. Maybe a few bits and pieces throughout the season. I have to wait and see what way I'm going to be with the kickoff before I can make that uh, that decision. Uh, Arsenal will definitely bottle the UCL. So who do we think? Well, no. Outside of Manchester City, who do we think goes furthest from the english clubs in the champions league next season so we've got newcastle we've got manchester united and we've got arsenal who goes the furthest andy's going united i'm with andy i agree i think united i think united will go um through the group stage anyway newcastle i'm expecting newcastle to do really well at home but um i would assume newcastle are going to be pot four right because they've got no record in europe over the last 10 15 years really so i'd imagine newcastle are going to go in as a pot four team which is you know nobody's going to want them you know who's going to want to draw them as a pot four team that was like the year where was it napoli or something where a pot three pot four team and nobody wanted them you think newcastle will finish bottom of their group i think they'll do very well in the home games i think st james's park much like celtic park back in the day used to give celtic some amazing european nights i think St. James's Park might give them a few wins. Your mate Lee Gunnar says Arsenal are in pot three. Not sure if he's right. Would make sense. Would make sense for them to be in pot three. You know, they've they've got European 
history over the last well ten years, but a lot of it Europa. Um, Pottery sounds about right for Arsenal. Watch Arsenal be grouped at Real Madrid and Dortmund. Yeah, but if you're going to get knocked out of the Champions League at some point, you might as well have the big boys. You know, you might as well have the big games. That's I always want a difficult group in the Champions League because I love when you see us play teams we haven't played in a long time or when you get those star-studded games. You're going to bet on Inter to beat City. I mean, that's the value bet. So what I would do in that scenario, mate, is if you're going to do that, bet for them to lift the trophy. Don't go a 90-minute bet. If you're going to go for that, I'd, I'd maybe drag it out to say Inter to lift the trophy. Are there any other big teams looking like they'll be in the Europa next year? Juventus, I think. The way things are looking in Serie A at the minute with the deduction. Can't remember what way Spain's looking. I know Sociedad, a, Sociedad, Atleti, Real and Barca are going to take the Champions League places. Ajax. Hmm. I'm kind of bored with Ajax now, though. Juve won't get Europe at all. I think... I don't know. Like, that league's a joke at the minute. That You're, you're deducting points. You're not. I go on, you are then. Yeah, I'm kind of bored with Ajax. Why are people saying Newcastle? They'll be in pot four or three. I think four. You know, I'd be almost certain they're going to pot four. Fiorentina will beat West Ham. Um, They've got more firepower than West Ham. Up top, I think it's a very evenly matched game. I do. I think. Uh, I think that's going to be a really close game between Fiorentina and West Ham. Uh, Mark said Arsenal and United are pot two. How the fuck did Arsenal blag their way into pot two? Newcastle pot four. Oh, Arsenal are in pot two because of Juventus's point deduction. They got lucky there. Then that's mad. I would never have thought Arsenal had enough European whatever they call them, points, um, coefficient points or whatever it is, to get into pot two. What do you think should be done about Manchester City? What's a realistic outcome? Well, look, firstly, they, you know, they have the right to go through the processes. Um, if found guilty, it depends if they're found guilty of 1, 10, 50, 90, 100, 115 charges. Um, and it depends. Let's say they're found guilty of a lot of the charges. For me, what do you do with them? Do you relegate them? Do you, do you expel them from the league? Do you remove the possibility of them playing in Europe for four seasons, five? I don't I don't know. I know what I'd like to see, but I don't know what's available to the Premier League and the FA for their um for their process. So so a transfer ban and maybe not letting them play in Europe could be another option yet. Um but you know if they have a transfer ban, what's gonna happen is this. So the transfer ban, they'll appeal it. Well, they appeal it, they'll go out and sign fucking 10 players and that'll do them for the next five years. So I think the transfer ban, if they get a sniff of a transfer ban coming down the line, they'll act accordingly, which again would just undermine the whole thing. Did you see Neville and Carragher talking on the city charges? No, I won't lie to you, mate. I haven't. Um, What was the flavour of what they were saying? Once I got scrolling through the Sky Sports app, when I see at Manchester City, I just scroll past it because I'm sick of looking at them. Um, what can we all agree a Carrot and Neville is that apparently taking two to four years to resolve it is far too long. Well, it's four years now and we could be looking at another two. So to potentially take five or six years to solve this is, whilst I understand it's probably, you know, a complex issue and it's probably... Need some deep diving from forensic accountants and, you know, lots of other stuff. And then you've got to get access to everything. And 
You've got to go through all the court cases and the challenges that are going to come your way. Some of them are stupid as, he's an Arsenal fan, he can't be on the panel. They're basically saying it's taken too long and they're found guilty. Everything they've won is tainted. Tainted? See, that's the thing. This is what gets me. If found guilty, everything they've won is tainted. So, yes, that's true. But again, my whole thing is, what about the shit that happened that didn't happen? What about the people that didn't win stuff? What about the fans who were denied the moments? What about the clubs who may have suffered relegation, missed out on Europe? These are the people that I really think about in these scenarios. Like, how many... You know, I think United would have had an extra league title. We'd have had one or two, probably. Um, Arsenal certainly may have had one this season. And Your opinion of the City fans, you're saying innocent and proven guilty? I guess they're correct. You know, everyone's due a process. But sometimes... You know people are guilty before they go through the process. And for me, with Manchester City, my belief has always been that it stinks. But they are right. They are right. You have to have a process. You know, you have to be treated fairly. But the difference between innocent and not guilty, I think that's an important difference to point out. Because if you're found not guilty doesn't necessarily mean you're innocent. So they were found not guilty of the stuff from the UEFA investigation because of a statute of limitations. Not because they didn't do that wrong. You've got to be careful about how we even word some of this stuff. This isn't the first time City have broken FFP, the working the system and it stinks. When, you're, when your defense isn't always like we didn't do that more about, well, you got this information illegally and we got away with this because it was time barred and... I, I think it was the Daily Mail. I know, I know, I know. But the Daily Mail did some damn good reporting on Manchester City. And even the one part of that reporting was like even trying to find out and get access to the courts where these hearings were being held was all very secretive and cloak and dagger. And they had to, you know, apply to get into them. Um, it just all stinks. But there was some really good investigative journalism done by the Daily Mail regarding... Uh, Manchester City, of course, their Spiegel had all their stuff as well. We've all seen the images that have been posted of, you know, um, stock images of apparent executives at companies that have sponsored them, companies that seem to have little to no trading history that are able to afford crazy um, sponsorship deals. It all stinks. Now, look, if you just say, do what you want, football clubs can spend what they want, then we don't have this conversation. But the rules are there. And if the rules are there, then they need to be enforced. Gary Neville also said he doesn't like FFP because it keeps the big clubs on top and keeps clubs like Chelsea and City from competing. I get where he's coming from. You know, look at La Liga now. La Liga is a two-team league with very occasionally Atleti doing something. But it's pretty much a two-team league. You look at the Bundesliga, pretty much a one-team league, although occasionally you'll get Dortmund or Leipzig who'll do a little bit. I don't want the Premier League becoming that. I don't want the Premier League becoming a a Man City and Liverpool battle or a Man City and United battle or whatever. I want it to be a league that is won on sporting merit and not on who has the biggest bank balance. Because you don't have to be a genius to say the biggest number. And look, I'm not trying to suggest that all Manchester City have done is throw money at it. No, they've done some very good business. They have. And there's some aspects of what Manchester City have done that you would have to say, well done to them. You know, they've brought in a great coach. They've built a great squad. You know, there's a lot of some, there's a lot of stuff, but you can't ignore why they're at that point or how they were able to get to there. Like, 
remember when Hughes was there and they were signing fucking Robinho and just weird, mad players like who they'd no business signing. And then PSG in France as well. Yeah. I mean, the only time somebody else has a chance there is if there's drama going on at PSG and they have a bit of a weird season and um, somebody like Lille has an amazing season and then maybe they nick one. But yeah, you want to keep the league competitive. You want to keep it interested from a fan's perspective. And right now, I've spoke to a lot of people who've been around football, watched it their entire lives. And I'm sure some of you guys watching this will probably feel the same. And... Every season that passes, every year that goes by, I have a conversation with myself to go, do I still feel the same about this? Do I still love the game the same way? Do I still think that it is an honourable system? Do I still think that it's full of sporting integrity? And I tell you what, it's getting harder and harder to keep saying yes. It's getting harder and harder to talk myself into feeling good about football all the time. I, I just ask myself, is it is it an addiction? You know, is it just because it's a routine, it's a habit, I'm so used to it? Or, you know, is there a way to fix this? And what I can say to you was, if the Super League had have happened, I'm pretty sure I would have walked. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here now having this conversation. I'd probably have gone and started watching League of Ireland, non-league football, and tried to find a connection that way. Because I wouldn't have felt it to Liverpool anymore. I would have felt like our roots, our, our sporting history, our, the way we consume the game, our heritage was being sold up the river for money. Not for the best interest of the sport, for the best interests of a few. Oh, VAR is another one, man. You know, VAR was brought in to stop the, the arguing, right? To stop the, that I think that was off, he was on, blah, blah, blah. but all it's done is just give us something else to argue about and make celebrities out with these arsehole referees. I like the having the arguments in the pool, but I like to have the arguments with my mates about a dodgy offside decision or something. I'd far prefer that to feeling like somebody actually looked at what happened and I still get shafted, you know? It's one thing if you say the linesman made a bad call back in the old days and didn't see it and it was half a yard off. You go, well, at least it was human error. Okay. But when you know that they've gone to the monitor and looked at that Gakpo goal and found a way to rule it out. Or they've gone and they've looked at the incident with Mings and found a way for it not to be a red card. It feels like it's more open to clear and obvious bias. And and that, that pisses me off. Liverpool fans on Twitter that they tell us to enjoy the vibes and trust the process wind me up the most. That's why I'm not on Twitter. And that's why I started this stream tonight talking about why my life is infinitely better without social media. I had this conversation this very day with my wife and daughter about their own social media use. You know, as I said to you, somebody my daughter worked with unfortunately took their own life through suicide. I, I, I honestly feel like a different human being since I've come off social media in the last year. Do I not manage the Anfield Agenda accounts? Nope. I don't even know the login. I don't have the login to our Instagram. I don't have the login to our Twitter. I don't have the login to our TikTok. I don't know them. I don't want to know them. Um, Connor does them all. The only interactions I have with people are here, occasionally in the YouTube comments, uh, and in Discord. Discord is my social media. That's why I'm so protective of it. And that's why the new one's so important, because that's my social media. That's where I go to interact with people. And that's where I 
see some of the information that is given to me about what's going on with Fabrizio or stuff like that. I pick it up in, in the Discord because people post it. Uh, Adam the Dude said, I'm falling out of love with football very fast. I barely watch it much now. The 3 p.m. blackout is a joke. I've stopped paying for Sky and BT. I'm getting close, Adam, to get to doing what you've done there with Sky and BT because it's a piss take now, the amount of money for what we're actually getting. And even like, I'm a huge boxing fan, as you know. And I feel like even the, the threshold for what becomes a pay-per-view fight has dropped. It's not like the big global superstars anymore. It's anyone with any half a name now is on pay-per-view. And, you know, if you're paying, what, 170, 180 quid a month, and then you want to, you, you got to pay fucking box office on top of that. Uh, Mark, thank you for this update. You said... Uh, Jorg Smadke will sign as Liverpool's new sporting director in the next few days. It's done, expected to be unveiled very soon. Uh, he's going to sign a short-term deal valid for the summer transfer window. Klopp's ideas will remain crucial part of the process at Liverpool. Uh, Kira, we pay over 200 quid a month as well. I think it's 209 at the moment for Sky, for our broadband. We have Netflix, our Netflix on there, BT, Sky, um premier sport movies basically most of the shit that's on sky we we have and it's uh what do i watch on it fuck all a bit of live sport tv's crap these days so there's nothing to watch on there you go onto netflix amazon prime or whatever for your tv shows um i feel like if i stopped watching football and it's like a fellow in love with football the fuck would i have sky in the house a lot of hope so many subscriptions and you can't even watch everything. Absolutely. I've got The Zone, Spanish The Zone, BT, Sky, um, Premier Sport, Amazon, Netflix, Disney Plus, Spotify, of course, for your music. That's nine subscriptions. And I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two. I know Lucas has a couple for, um, for the Xbox, like Microsoft comes out of my bank account i'm sure it was a playstation one as well that used to come out of the bank account king's man said i watch more youtube these days yeah i had this conversation with connor so connor's 24 and when he i said to him when you were growing up like what was your what was your routine what were you doing who was your heroes your icons because for me it was you know tv hosts radio hosts players football and for him it's all been youtube he said he watched very little tv growing up some live sports, but apart from that, he had most of his entertainment through YouTube. Maddie said, I'm losing love for footy, especially due to the officiating. It feels like cheating. It feels like they can do what they want and there's nothing we can do about it from the referee's perspective. It feels like those running the game and the owners can do what they like and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, and it feels like, do you know what? This year, €95 Euro on the Nike website for a Liverpool shirt, for the stadium shirt in an adult size. 149 euro for the vapor version in what 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 is this shit what world are we living in folks where you can potentially pay 150 quid for a football jersey that was made for a few quid probably it's 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 disgusting can't even celebrate a goal these days yeah yeah every time i'm doing a watch along now and i'm celebrating a goal 
My next step is to say, am I going to look stupid in a minute? Because you know the VAR check is coming. And do you know what it feels like? It feels like they're looking for ways to have less goals in football. Rather than... So look at the, the records of Alan Shearer and you know players like that, Les Ferdinand, who were around before. There's no way they'd have those numbers in the VAR era. Not a bloody hope, because they'd find ways to to rule them out. At 20, 25% of them goals probably gone like that. I paid $120 for the Liverpool third kit. It got delayed four months, so I cancelled the order and only got half my money back. I've never once been able to use the Liverpool website and finish a payment process without a shit in the bed. Never once. Never. Always takes multiple attempts. And usually an email or two. My daughter has four kids who all support Liverpool. And it cost her a fortune. Yep. I can see that as well. You know. And then they'll tell us. This is why they want to trademark Liverpool in a football in context and all. Because they want to stop the Moody jerseys. Right. And I get it. I understand it. But the reason the market exists for the Mo- for the Moody shirts is because... You're pricing people out of it. People want to buy the stuff. People understand that, you know, the club has to make a profit and shit. But the price of the jerseys is absolutely astronomical. I don't give a shite if it's made from recycled bottles. I couldn't give a flying fuck. I care about the bottom line. I care about what it's going to cost. I won't be wearing a football shirt again after my son's birthday present shirt just fell apart. Yeah, my, my wife got an order today from Under Armour, right? Um, She'd ordered herself a, a half zip, a t-shirt, a pair of leggings and some sliders. And this is no joke. The order came from Under Armour and half the sleeve wasn't even sewn together. I'm not joking you. Half of the sleeve wasn't even fucking sewn together. It's not that it was ripped either, by the way. It just was never sewn. You can tell from looking at it. What, what about a refund? Um, She'd have to go to a depot because there's no drop-off point near us. About half an hour away, I think. Maybe a bit longer to actually get it sent back. So she's just going to get her mum, who's quite handy with the old thing or sewing machine, to, uh, to stitch it up. Would you rather our shirt have the official badge in it other than just a liver bird? Um, yeah, I prefer the older ones. I do. I loved the um the crests with like the nineteen ninety two centenary shirt and the crests like that. So yeah, I'm gonna call it a night, my friends, and I'm going to uh I'm gonna see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, and there'll be a YouTube video tomorrow as well. So yeah. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, appreciate you guys dropping in tonight. Have a good one and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.